0: Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment. How are you doing, breathers? I hope you're keeping well and taking care of yourself. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Dorothea Oracle, and when I'm not doing my full-time job in communications, I facilitate a course at Google called. Search inside yourself. I have wanted to share the joys of being present and what this means to me as a spiritual African. Today's quote is from Jim Quick, a brain coach. If an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. If broken by an inside force, life begins. Great things always begin from the inside. Truly excited about this show where we navigate life together. As is our practice, let's take a moment to fully arrive by doing a few breathing exercises. Fully arriving is about coming to stillness, tuning into to the present moment, It's about allowing your breath to transition you from what you're doing to this present moment. This allows you to become still and check in on how you're feeling. So let's practice together by being aware of our next three breaths. We will breathe in through the nose to a count of six. We will hold to a count of two. And we let the breath out slowly through the mouth to a count of eight. Let's begin. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose. Hold, breathe out slowly through the mouth. Now let your breathing return to its normal rhythm. Breathing in, breathing out, letting your breath guide you. Letting your breath lead you, not controlling anything. Take a moment to get closer to your breathing. Take time to explore your breathing with curiosity, noticing if it's shallow, deep, slow, Fast, smooth, regular, or irregular. This will help you to get a good insight into where you are right now. Where do you feel the sensation of your breathing strongly? Is it on your belly? Or on your chest? Or at your nostrils? Wherever that area is, focus on it for a few breaths. The goal is to be with each breath. If your mind wanders, and it will, gently, kindly, and non-judgmentally, bring back your attention to your breath. Observe your emotions. Tune in and notice no judgment. Just bring your awareness back to your breath. Now gently open your eyes. The goal of our mindfulness practice is simply to experience life as it unfolds in the present moment. We have fully arrived, and we are in the present moment. Let's continue with our session for today. Our guest is Silphath Pinto, a global wellness expert and transformational coach. Silphath left her corporate banking job in 2009 to begin her life coaching career. She's passionate about teaching people how to be masters of their energy, reality and happiness. She offers talks, retreats and private coaching sessions using her luminescence method, a blend of mindset coaching, cellular reprogramming and somatic therapy. She'll explain all that later. She facilitates about four retreats a year in different parts of the world, from Dubai to Greece to Indonesia. Welcome to No Head Podcast, Silphath.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to be here with you today.
0: And I'm so glad to have you here because when we first met, it was at the beginning of COVID-19. And you were mm-hmm. talking to a group of us about navigating fear from your know, stress to peace. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying how your world and your work, which revolves around retreats and coaching, had been impacted with covid yeah how is that working right now for you
1: well you know uh (laughs) i have this philosophy that you know life is not life is a dance and that even if my programming at the beginning as a child was that oh this is hard or this is bad or something happened or what am i going to do with it Uh, even if that was my initial programming and it's the, the programming of many um my philosophy now and my, my, my focus now is anything that comes into my life or anything that happens, there is a blessing in disguise. It's an invitation for me to grow, um, to, to come more into my light, uh, to bring more of my essence into the world, etc. So when COVID started, um, the first part of COVID, the first three weeks, I just slowed down. Because I was just like, oh, I need slowing down. You know, I'm actually exhausted. Um, But then I started really getting activated because I I saw that a lot of people were struggling. So a lot of people needed support. And until then, I've been wanting to go online because I've been wanting to help more people. And I knew that online was a key to that. Also, I do love traveling. So for me, being online makes it much more easier to travel. But I was procrastinating around it. I was finding excuses. Or maybe online is not going to be as powerful as in person. Like all the stories that you can create. And then when COVID happened, the the mama bear in me, because I have a very strong, like protective, loving energy. Seeing all those people struggling, I was like, okay, I need to do something now. And so that's how literally I moved my business online within three weeks. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I just was like, okay, online, uh, new moon uh, event, online. Course, online. Private session, online. Like, um, I started doing live uh, Instagram uh, sessions. Um, A a lot of them were about uh, talking to, to people about fear, about stress, and about this mindset of you know see like everything is falling apart, or seeing there is an opportunity maybe there for me to heal something, to remember something, to grow. Um, so in in a very short amount of time, I just started really sharing my wisdom and my my, my work online. And the response has been amazing.
0: Wow, that is so amazing.
1: amazing. My women rising courses, we had women from all over the world. Um, I did two courses, I did one in April, one in June, Uh, both course were full, Um, amazing transformations with the women, Uh, it's been just really outstanding, so I think after that I needed a little bit of a break to kind of process everything, so I have slowed down a little bit, okay, uh, because also I felt that the panic mode was gone. So people were, the energy were settling a little bit more. And also I just felt that I needed a, a break. So I actually been taken that July uh, more quietly to recharge myself. Mm-hmm. And then um, in September, I will go again into into teaching and healing and offer another course. Um, so right now, where I am right now, I am very uh, grateful for the last four or five months because I really had to step up and I did. I'm feeling grateful for the women and that joined me and for, for the amazing experience we had together. So I, I took time to take it in and to, um, to process this journey, you know. I like to take those breaks and, and, and feel into what happened and understand what happened fully, you know?
0: And you are, you are a great teacher. I mean, I saw you um, at the session teaching, but as a teacher, what have you learned? And what has the thing that you have been taught during this pandemic?
1: Mm. You know, I think that the reason why, what makes me a teacher you know, people, I often have that feedback, is that I am first and foremost a student. <laughs> right. Um, and so that pandemic, you know, has shown me a lot of the the limitation that I was putting to myself, you know, in you know, how much I can grow, how much I can reach people. I'll give you a very simple exa- example. The first uh, workshop that I did, um, a full moon uh, workshop I did, um, I just launched it and I, I thought, oh, you know, I have, a, I have people and I had like 50 people register. For me, it was the first. I was like, where, where, how did, where did it come from? And it was amazing. The next one I was about to do, my assistant goes, you know, we had 60 people, 50 people last time, we had to um, to increase the capacity to welcome more people. So, my assistant is like, "Should we put maybe sixty or seventy you know tickets?" And I was like, "That's a lot." <laughs> and my assistant, who is like preaching what I'm teaching, she's like, "Why are you limiting yourself?" And you know, I, 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 and I saw, I saw in that moment and through that process, uh-huh. that even if my deepest desire has been to really bring my work to more people, in a way, I, I was—I still had some kind of limitation around how much people I can reach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what was I so surprised? And when I saw fifty, what did I tell myself? Oh, next time is going to be one hundred, right? More women into the magic. So the the COVID for me, I think, was was a lot of, even you know, another belief that I had was, online is not going to be great. But what happened is I did three live sessions on Instagram. And after those live sessions, women sent me messages and they were like, those live sessions were so powerful and so transformative. Thank you. And that's that kind of hit me. And I was like, okay, Sifat, figure out a way to bring everything that you teach online because it works, you know. Right. I had that conversation a few weeks before with someone, but still I was like, eh. And that moment was also... a Stop with the stories you are creating that are limiting your capacity to reach more people and to bring more light into the world I would say first and foremost as a teacher COVID brought expansion to me I wow. think what that was in a very weird way because I think probably a lot of people feel contracted and restricted but in a very interesting way this experience and this process has brought expansion to me
0: and I like, I like that. That really segues into the next thing I wanted to ask because you talked about the limitations we put on ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And your retreats normally about moving from limitation to expansion.
1: Yeah.
0: Would you explain this? What are these limitations we put on ourselves and how we can move from this state of limitation to one of mm-hmm. expansion?
1: You know, think about them as stories that we tell ourselves. They are stories, but but they become in our, in our life, they become like they are truth. And they become programs that run into our system, our nervous system. So for instance, a story can be, when I speak my truth, people attack me. Or a story can be, there is not enough money. That's a perfect one when people come to me and they say oh there is an economic crisis uh, things are hard you know people struggle etc i say to people this is a paradigm this is a reality you can believe that and then that becomes your reality or you cannot be that and that doesn't become your reality so i give you the moment where on that specific belief about crisis and money, one of the moments where I realized that is when I was in New York before I was a personal stylist, I was going to shop with my clients. So by the way, I was still busy. We were in a crisis, but I was still busy. And that, that tends to happen with my business when people, whether when I was a stylist or even when I was a, when I'm a healer now and a teacher, even when people tend to say that, times are hard I tend to still be very busy because I just don't subscribe into the belief right if you a belief creates a reality a conditioning creates a reality so when I was in New York I remember there was this shop called anthropology every time well, I, would go to anthropology. Office, Ooh,
0: I love anthropology you know it.
1: anthropology <laughs> right <laughs> like the, the, the brand the brand is just brilliant yes the brand is brilliant and so you would go to all the other shops, Zara, Express, uh, all the other places, and, and you would be like almost empty. And each time I would get to anthropology, there would be a line at the cashier, you know? And I would be like, I was a personal stylist, study, so when there was no one in the shop, for me it was like, uh, it was positive because I could just do whatever with my client without any stress. But every time we would go to anthropology, and one day I was like, there is definitely not a crisis for anthropology, somehow right? So for me, I have realized over the years that this whole thing about there is a difficulty or the times are hard, it's a belief. If you don't subscribe in that belief, you will attract the people who thinking, oh my God, this is a pandemic. This is a time for me to heal because I have a lot of anxiety coming through. So people come to you. So it's all depending on the belief. I'll give you another example. And that one is a typical one thing that I deal with my client all the time. One woman comes to see me and she says, I have a problem. Every time everything is going really well in my life, I sabotage everything. I see myself doing it. It's like I am autopilot and I don't know what's going on. So at least with this woman, we already in a good position because she already has what? Awareness. Because a lot of people keep things, keeps happening in their life. They're not even aware of the pattern, like the, the, the dynamic that keeps repeating. So she came to see me. I started working with her. What did we realize? What was the limitation in the story? It was when she was really young. One day she was at home and she was laughing and playing and being loud like a child can be. All of a sudden, she received a shoe on her head. Hit her. Her dad threw a shoe on her and started yelling at her. You're making too much noise. Uh, Shut up. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to slap you. And literally at that moment, the leader girl registered, when I'm really happy and have a really, really good time, something will come out of nowhere and hit me so what is my defense mechanism now i'm going to do it myself because at least i can control it so those are the limitations that we build in our system so i work all the time with people who have those belief or those limitations other people who, my, my brother had one like this my brother was really static in his career he came to visit me in dubai and I heard him because this is what I do. So I start paying attention when I do private session with him. That's what I do. After two days, I noticed there was a belief. It would keep saying, "Oh, me, I like to stay in my corner. No one bothers me." Oh, you know how people are when you're doing really well. They want, they, 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 they want to create trouble to you. Like it would just keep saying like these kind of things. And I said to to him, we were having dinner, and I said to him. Do you have a belief that if you are successful and if you make money, it's going to come with a lot of trouble? And his wife goes, yes, (laughs) before he can even answer. She goes, yes, 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 definitely, definitely. And he looks at me a little bit surprised and he's like, what do you mean? And I say, you know, you often say those things that, you know, uh, at least you have your peace, uh, you want to keep your peace of mind. Uh, uh, to, to be happy, be hidden. So how are you going to have a position of influence where you can bring positive change and, and where you can also live com- com- uh, comfortably when you believe that with success and money, a lot of trouble comes. The part of you that doesn't want to be in trouble and want peace, and that part of you is big, because I know my brother is very, you know, he like he's quiet and he's peace, doesn't want that. So you, it's not going to happen because you don't want it to happen. When we had that discussion, two months after it had like an amazing opportunity. Two months after. This is why in our field, we say, when you have those belief, there are programs running in your nervous system. Right. And those program in your reverse running in your nervous system, they define the kind of energy you attract or you don't attract, right? Because the law of attraction, everything is energy and uh, uh, similar energies attract each other. Right. Same thing, a woman believes that men's a cheater. That's a big one in Africa. <laughs> they are men. It doesn't mean it's not men are cheater. Everyone and anyone can cheat. That's the reality. But also many people are committed and they decide to be loyal, right? Mm-hmm. But if a woman decide to believe that men are cheaters and decide to believe that men cannot control their sexual drive and decide to believe that anyway she will be uh, uh, betrayed by a man, she will 100% attract this belief and okay. attract only men who are in this energy. And again, those are stories, they're not truth, because guess what, women also cheat. Guess what, everyone say that men have a lot of sexual desire they cannot control. Scientifically, it is proven that women actually get more turned on than men. We do. Yes. Now, we allow less ourselves to connect with that energy because of all the conditioning we had around our sexuality and the taboo, and the fear, and the shaming. But if you take a man and a woman without all this conditioning, purely as they're made, the woman actually is designed for more pleasure and for more connection with your pleasure than men.
0: I love this, this conditioning of our minds, and you're right, and in some you know, African societies, sometimes that conditioning is, is, is really strong. How do you help people to Access those subconscious beliefs because you almost Mm -hmm. take that belief to be the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and Mm -hmm. by it. How do you access that so you're able to transform it and live in a way that honours the reality, not this subconscious belief that you've Mm -hmm. put in yourself?
1: So, so there are, are many layers to that. My methodology, right? Different practitioners have different methodology. I come from a business background and a, a public accounting background. So you know how you do auditing and you like to cover all your base. I have a little bit of that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a very uh, a multi-layered process to make sure I cover all the bases and, uh, and the shift happen. So one aspect of it is I like to go to the source. Meaning when, where is that belief and that energy coming from? So typically the example of the girl that I told you about, it came from that moment where a dad like um, throw the shoe at her. So in our field, we have different techniques and ways to go back to that moment, which is located in the subconscious mind to address that specific moment, the emotion and the stories that were created then and then shift it. This is what many people who call inner child work. So it's going back because a lot of those beliefs are created in the subconscious mind between zero and seven years old, from the moment you are in your mom belly until seven years old. So anyone who wants to read and learn more about that, you can just research, research the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind make up basically 90% of our decision, our thoughts and our actions and subsequently our reality. So we access the subconscious mind. We find a source event and we do some reprogramming around that event. That's number one. That's the source. Number two, So I like to call it the past, like it's addressing the past. Number two, there is the present. The present is basically as of today, what are all the things that you do, you say, or you think that are related to that belief? You want to start seeing clearly in your life how you keep feeding that belief with your choices. Mm -hmm. So i give an example. A woman who wants to be treated like a queen, but always attract men who are abandoning her or are neglecting her or are diminishing her because her dad was like that. We're going to go to the source and and, and address key events with a strong emotional charge and reprogram them in the subconscious mind. But also, as of today, I'm going to look at all the things she says, she does, and she thinks that keep attracting men who treat her like that so typically i would be like if you go on a date with a man who shows disrespect to you can you put that boundaries right away or if you have some people around you or male figure around you that disrespect you are you putting those boundaries right away or are you accepting them how can you start putting those boundaries right away in a loving way it doesn't need to be you know a fight but how can you just say to someone i would appreciate if you would do xyz i would appreciate if you want to this way, uh, xyz or if you continue doing so i'm not going to pursue a relationship with you whatever that relationship is so in the present in the thought process uh if your your dad kept saying to you oh, you, you 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 worthless or you you such a trouble Do you repeat that to yourself today? That's in your thought, right? If you have that process in your head today and you you say to yourself those things today, the chances for you to attract a man who tells you you are queen and I want to worship you are very low, right? Because it's just not the same vibration. It's not the same energy. So basically for this woman, I will make her observe herself for a week and list all the, the behaviors that are feeding this belief and this energy. And then slowly I'll make her shift the behavior around it. So I'll give you another example. A friend came, <laughs> a friend of mine came to me and she was telling me how her husband was so busy with work. He was not looking at her anymore. He was not paying attention to her anymore. And I know them very well. And I know how much he loves her. But he was just not really being present. And I asked her, I said, but how much of it do you do to yourself? Like, How much do you actually, do you celebrate yourself? Right. Do you value yourself? Do you dress well at home? Do you, like, what is your own relationship with yourself? What is your own behavior around really appreciating the woman you are and she looked at me she was like uh i was like stop blaming your husband and focus on understanding what the the interaction with him is showing you about your own energy Mm -hmm. she started dressing up on the weekend when her husband would be on the computer, she'd be like, okay, uh, have a good uh, work day. I'm going out with the kids, we're going to have lunch, and she will dress up. So not even two weeks of doing that, her husband is looking at her and thinking, what's going on? (laughs) Not even two weeks into that, he calls her one Wednesday out of the blue and he says, "Uh, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, I was just having a nap, we just had lunch with the kids. Uh, no, I know the, the kids just have lunch and I'm, I, I'm having a nap. And he says, um, Oh, I thought I could pick you up and we could go out for lunch together. And she was like, Oh, that's a first. She was like, Yes, with pleasure. And so she dressed up and they went for lunch and he drove because he wouldn't drive anymore. She'll be driving, being on his computer. <laughs> and so when she wanted to drive, it was like, No, 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 I'm drive. Right? So that shows you that a lot of what's happening in your life is just a reflection of your own vibration and your own energy. So it's, it, those are the things that I feel we should have learned at school because everyone will be so much happier in the way they lead their life.
0: Right. And you're talking about, yes, this disconnection from, you know, the vibrations from our energy. I feel like A lot of times, many people are disconnected from their bodies and their feelings, and they don't, there isn't that connection where the body can speak to them and where their intuition can speak to them. You know, how do you think we can be able to reconnect? Because I know that's part of what you do. What can we do to reconnect with that part of our body, our body wisdom, all the things that our bodies is telling us so that we become more intelligent because our bodies are intelligent and they communicate to us.
1: Yeah, the the way I like to speak about it, you know, it's like, you know, when you learn a new language and you learn the vocabulary, the grammar, and then you learn how to make sentences and then you become more and more fluid in, in really speaking that language. The same way your body is talking to you all the time and you can really learn how to develop that language. So... For me, what I would say is three things that are absolutely. So, first thing I want to say in Africa, we are quite embodied. So, when I do session in Africa, people react much faster than when I do sessions uh, elsewhere, Mm -hmm. right? So, yes, because African culture is quite an embodied culture. We, We move like not so far away. Like our living was being in the body, moving, chanting. Um, we had that wisdom in, in, in upbringing, um, dancing, dancing, right? So we wow. have that, um, and, and, and so because we are embodied. So breath is an important aspect, learning how to breathe properly, and there are different breathing techniques. And with Google right now, you can Google breathing meditation, relaxing breath, stress releasing breath like there are so many techniques out there right uh, but breathing i have a very simple breathing technique i teach is inhaling through the nose uh, and exhaling through the mouth and opening the mouth as if you are gently yearning right i so said it's a and you, you you make that sound and you open the mouth that breath is a really nice breath to calm down the nervous system and to relax so Breathing is number one and and just taking times during the day here and there stopping and breathing. Another aspect is self-touch. We do not realize how healing touch is. And actually most people do not know what is truly to touch in a mindful, loving, and with reverence way. So, In my session, I teach a lot of people how to bring the hands to the face, bring the hands to the heart, bring the hands to the belly, where we hold a lot of emotion, and then keep the hands on the belly and breathe deeply in the belly. Keep the hand in the heart and breathe deeply in the heart. So when you do simple practices like that, you will see that right away, particularly if you're African, I think. Uh, Most people, you will start feeling energy moving. And it might be a shivering, it might be a shaking, it might be emotion coming, but all this is just energy moving. And energy moving is information moving. It's awareness awakening. And then the last one is movement. <laughs> it's movement. A movement is a medicine. A movement is a prayer. And there is no one African that would hear that. And that wouldn't know somehow in their heart that this is true. (laughs) Um, And so when you start just accepting that movement is medicine, then you just start moving in a way more consciously that right away start healing you because we just have that wisdom. We have it. If you look at even a lot of the traditional dances that we have in Africa, those traditional dances are opening certain energy center in our bodies. Of that, yes there
0: is such power. Yeah I, I, I agree with you.
1: There is a disconnect with the colonization and everything that happened where a lot of the knowledge got lost. But you know I, I am from uh, I, I am from Benin. There is a dance that we do in Benin where we move the hip back the, the shoulders back right and we're opening the heart center. And people are shaking, shaking, shaking their shoulders and pushing back. But this is, this typically is like pushing away and releasing like heavy energy and opening the heart center. That's what we do when we're doing that, right? So there are like women, all the dances where we move the hips, activating the life force energy in the belly that's what we're doing. All the dances where we're working with the feet is grounding into the earth, right? Grounding into the earth and really like really anchoring our energy into the earth. So all this wisdom is there and we we are we we are we are still connected to it. right? we just need to decide to to remember it and to start using it.
0: Thank you thank you so much. What a powerful way to end our session for today. With the three important things, breathing, self-touch, and movement, dance, is something that we can all do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I can sum up what Zilfath has shared with us today, it's really about the three M's. One has to do with mindset, which is the foundation of everything we do. And the other has to be the breathing, our mindfulness practice, being aware of the present moment. And the third has to do with movement, which can be dance, a silfat shared, or exercise. Any movement that we do consciously that brings us to an embodied awareness. Well, that's all today in No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment. Thanks for listening. Join me again next Tuesday and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Stitcher, and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. Also, please share the link in your circles and do rate me. You can also follow me on Instagram, Podcast, and check the website, www.nohead.space. And you can follow Silfath on Instagram at Sophia S-O-P-H-I-A, and find out about any training and workshops she's having and any sessions she has on Instagram Live. That wraps up what I have for you today. Bye, my friend. Catch you next time. And today I'll share Silfat's prayer for peace and love in the world. May we all embrace our differences. May our hearts be filled with love, joy, and peace. And may we look at each other and see our beauty, truth, and divinity.